We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring training action is underway, and we have a ton to talk about here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are brought to you by Fantrax. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Always a pleasure, Todd. The long winter is over and we have games underway. First game is getting kicked off yesterday. Um, I hope fanatics can, you know, find some pants that are not see-through for some of these guys soon. Um, That's kind of been an overriding story of, of the early spring training. But how are you doing today, Todd? With games now underway. Wearing a pair of black sweats, there's nothing to see. <laughs> you know, the games don't count, but the injuries do, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's the, the, it was fun to see ball yesterday. We had a Tutwars uh, board meeting while watching the ball game. So that was, that was kind of fun. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the players and what to expect. But it is great. This time next week. Yep. This time next week, I will be. In Fort Myers at Minnesota's stadium, watching Minnesota play, hopefully watching Jordan Montgomery's first start for the Red Sox. Hell yeah, that sounds amazing. (laughs) I can't wait to see some live ball. And yeah, with spring games and the spring schedule underway, that means overreaction season. There we go. And let me me (laughs) preface, there's no signing. I was being silly. Maybe it will be. But yeah, labor, labor first pitch is next weekend. Uh, be heading down a little bit early to catch a game on Friday, staying a little later to catch one on Monday. And I believe there's a game or two on the schedule for next weekend. Cool. Cool. Well, don't, you know, lose your head over the early spring results. I saw some people already talking about, Oh, do I move Joe Musgrove? Yeah, uh, exactly. Do I move Luis Campusano down because of his weird little uh, thing he added to his batting stance. I just try oh. your best to keep your filter on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the um, weirdly the the new uniforms are kind of the the biggest story right now. Although the big news yesterday, Cody Sanga, Todd, this is yeah. rough. Shut down indefinitely with a moderate posterior capsule strain. This is a huge blow for the Mets. Uh, Sanga had a breakout year last year's first year stateside. Looked like their opening day starter. You know now he's not going to pick up a baseball until they feel confident that the soreness is gone and that his strength is back. So. 
uh, you know, our initial estimated return date, I believe, is uh, June. So it's a huge blow. Actually, we moved that up. Uh, you know, we're we're only targeting May first now, but it could be well beyond that before Senga's back. Right now, Mets fans are now hardened to this. They weren't yelling and screaming. They're like, "Yeah, I expected it," which is kind of a change. Yeah, the thing with Senga is he markedly improved over the second half. Normally, I kind of poo-poo first and second half splits. But for rookies or players of this nature transitioning from overseas, I think you have to pay attention to them. And what we're going to lose now, at least early on, is did Zenga, did he get better? Is it real? Is it authentic? Or is it just noise and he just happened to get better down the stretch? And all right, he comes back. So now the results we see, he didn't have a regular spring training. Maybe he was an extended spring or started out with AAA for a rehab. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison. So we can't even say, oh, look, look he regressed. He went back to the, the the poor form or, you know, we don't know because we have the injury as part of the equation now. So I think that's, to me, from my point of view, that's the biggest, you know, drawback of the scenario. Yeah, it's tough for for the Mets and – We'll see what they do. I don't know if they're going to go out and sign a guy like Blake Snell, but you know, you look at that rotation now, like Jose Quintana, Sean Manaya. Uh, who else did they? They added a uh, well, they they still have Severino. Tyler McGill. Yeah, Severino. Severino. So Tyler McGill and um, Adrian Hauser now too. Adrian Hauser. I I like this brings Hauser up. I mean, he, he was maybe was battling for the fifth spot before. I think he's now going to have the fifth spot. And he's now a streamer for me. He's nothing more than, you know, City Field is a good place to stream. The Mets offense is unproven, but they have a lot of players that can improve and or return to form so they can score some runs. So McGill and Hauser are now more interesting to me as streamers than they were a couple days ago. A little later in the show, we're going to be talking about some of our top targets, not just players that, oh, yeah, we're happy. You know, we'll take them here if they're there. The guys that we're really targeting across multiple drafts that we'd like to build around. So we'll be talking about those uh, for both of us later on in the show. Tim Anderson's not going to make my list, Todd, but he is with Miami on a one-year deal, looking like their everyday shortstop. So he's yep. got a chance. He's going to get his at-bats and opportunity to bounce back. But I think he's a really tough case because you know he won a batting title. He had that great run, but really nothing under the hood last year. You know, points to a bounce back. Although a lot of that is more, you know, descriptive than predictive. But at the same time, it's like track record versus the underlying stats that we have. It's it's a little bit of a battle with Tim Anderson. The thing with Anderson, other than the durability, which is a factor. Yeah, it's not just can he get back to hitting. 280-300 again. His one and only home run last year came like July 30th or something. Yeah, Never, that's a big thing. One you know, homer. Now, we don't need 25 homers, but he's only going to get 10 or 12 steals. You need a few, right? I mean, you need single. You need high single digits, if not 10 or 12. So that, that that's the bigger concern for me is in, as far as is he my middle infield in a deep mix league? Right now he's not. Maybe he's a backup. Maybe he's a reserve. But right now, this does not move the needle enough for me to you know, consider him as a even, – even though shortstop and middle thins, 
more than maybe people expect, it doesn't move the needle enough for me to uh, have him into my draft worthy plans at this point. And mm -hmm. not that not that I was targeting Birdie, Birdie. He was interesting too. Led the league in steals the year previous. Last year, we thought he was going to steal 70 base. Well, exaggeration. He, his steals dropped precipitously and he got on base more. Mm -hmm. And Miami ran a little bit. It was just kind of weird what went on with Birdie. And if you thought he was going to be the starting shortstop, I mean, he was, it was pretty clear Miami was going to do something. Yeah, it was you know, kind of a number of fringe options that were out there. And yeah, you know, they settled on Tim Anderson. It is, you know, uh, a lot of times I, you know, if a guy is, we know the adage, like if a guy has shown a skill, he owns it. And Anderson's track record is such that I, you know, I don't want to completely write him off, but the dearth of power kind of gives me an excuse to just kind of be hands yeah. off. Like even at his yeah. peak, he was a flawed player for fantasy. Right. So, right. yeah, it's now there's just too many question marks. A guy you may prefer in that middle spot over a guy like Tim Anderson, Vaughn Grissom, Todd. Unfortunately, nursing a hamstring injury. Haven't heard exactly what the extent of it is, but a little bit of a setback here for Grissom at the start of spring training. Yeah, I'm definitely targeting. Um, I don't I don't think I put him on my target list, but because I think everybody in the world knows that I'm targeting Von Grissom, <laughs> so that would be repetitive. But yeah, to me, more than anything else, what this early injury may do is just take away, even if it's off-field, just take away reps at second, whether it be Dustin Bredoya hitting him flungos or helping him out or whatever it might be. This early injury, I think, just maybe slows his defensive progress down more than anything else uh red sox are going to give him the chance the bat should play i think everybody wants to know if the bat will play i think the the, the question is how much will the power play and he's going to hit for average grissom is he going to knock 15 over the wall or is he going to knock 30 off of it yeah that's a good question um i was kind of interested and still am uh but if I'm in a draft with you, I don't think I'll be ending up with, with Grissom because <laughs> he's not really a player I want to pay top dollar for. Um, I'd take him in the right situation, but I feel like there's yourself and others who are probably going to like him and like him a little more in whichever draft room I'm in. On the topic of the Red Sox, we got word that William Abreu is the favorite to start in right field. Kind of more confirmation uh, that he is the guy. Now, I don't know if he'd make either of our target lists, but uh, he showed some nice things last year, Willier Abreu, and most fantasy leagues, we got to start five outfielders, so very much in the mix for me as a fourth or fifth outfielder. Yeah, he moved up my rankings with that. There was still some hope that the Red Sox may sign uh, Jorge Soler, something of that nature. Doesn't look, well, it's not going to be Soler, obviously, but it doesn't even look like, so I had to move Abreu up. He may end up a platoon with someone like Rob Refsnyder, but you're in the NF 15 team mix. You're playing a platoon player. He could have some, could some interest. The, uh, he was required in the Christian Vasquez trail, you know, going out the door, you know, high and bloom doesn't know what he's doing. Well, if he, if he got William Abreu for Christian Vasquez, that's not, that ain't bad. You know, uh, <laughs> doesn't make up for trading Mookie bets, but no. it's, that's not, that's not too bad. I don't think. So you're right. I think he is now has to be at least on the radar in uh, 15 team mixed as your fourth or fifth outfielder. 
a people uh, a, a guy a lot of people are targeting not on my list we'll see if he makes your list uh Tariq Skubal and he's actually kind of on my fade list to be completely honest that could look really stupid in a few months but he's already touching 100 miles per hour in live bp that's notable um now some people may not like that he's throwing so yeah. hard so or <laughs> maybe prefer he dial it back a little bit and uh build up a little bit more slowly but you know Scoobles got a lot of skill i think i just need to see it before i i pay for for him but where he's going because he's being treated like you know a low-end ace that's the key there's a lot of discussion on twitter and elsewhere about where tyler glass is going mm-hmm. because of durability Absolutely. well you know what there's not any talk about Scooble in that realm, and he, he should be in the same conversation. Yeah, I, think I he agree threw, with you. He threw fewer innings than Glasnow last year. <laughs> Different reasons, of course, but I, I don't think he's getting, you know, I'm, I'm with you in at least baiting him a bit, although here's me using a word I don't like because uh, I understand why the word's being used, but as a very specific, eh, it's too early in the season to get into this role. But, um, he's a, an avoid, I guess. He's an avoid, but I I gotta learn that people like fade sounds like it. It sounds like it's being used properly. But anyway, again, that's too. It early. sounds good. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it should be right, but technically, <laughs> it has to do with you 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 fade a player or because you know he's going to be good, but for the purposes of betting or something of that nature, you're fading him. Um, that's you know we're avoiding because we think he's being overdrafted. But anyway, yeah, I, I I love the skills. He's 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 avoided homers for two years now, but he also hasn't pitched thirty games for two years now. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, I wanted to have him as my SP three or SP two even, but it ain't happening. People are jumping him up as their air quote cheaper SP one, too 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 pricey for me. Yes, yeah, is. Average draft position in the NFBC right now is 54.36 Google. So that's 16th pitcher off the board. There's several um, closers in there. So, yeah, he is being drafted as an ace pitcher, ahead of Aaron Nola, ahead of Framber yep. Valdez, ahead of your guy, Logan Webb. So it's, it's, nuts. it's nuts. It's getting real aggressive and you know, touching 100 is great, but it is the Detroit Tigers after all. Um, I know they're kind of on the upswing as an organization, but I mean, it's, I don't know. You got some question marks there. I guess Baez still has it defensively, right? But there it, are some questions on defense. I don't know. For me, it's, it's the durability. It's yeah. 100, 117 innings in 22 and 80 innings last year. And we don't talk about him in the same breath as glass now who, you know, had 120 plus some, some, Playoff innings last year and rehab innings was close to 130. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I enjoy watching Scooble play. Hit 100, yay! But it's just not going to be on any of my rosters. I'm with you. Could be, uh, you know, us on the outside looking in at everybody having all kinds of fun. But, you know, I just getting that aggressive with a guy like that. I mean, the thing is, is. And we'll talk about there's kind of a contrast between Scooble and a guy on my target list. I think a lot of these guys with the upside also have really low floors. Yep. And yep. I think you can kind of chase that upside later and get a higher floor player early where Scooble's going. 
one more piece of news. Ricky Tiedemann, scratch from tomorrow's Grapefruit League start with a hamstring issue. He's an exciting prospect, but had some injury issues. And here's another one. I thought maybe just when the hype train on Tiedemann was about to take off, it's been uh, come to a halt again. But left hamstring tightness, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, he is the top prospect in the organization and was probably going to debut this year. Probably will, assuming he's able to stay healthy. Yeah, those of us that don't watch as many minor league games and number scout are, are skeptical. Then we talk to someone who's seen him pitch, and they're like, you got to see this guy pitch. So I always have to defer to that because I don't see them pitch, and I don't know everything. Just because he walks a bunch of guys doesn't mean he can't figure it out. His strikeout rate's through the roof. So um, if nothing else, this just slows what we get to see from Tiederman, and maybe we're going to see more early. And by the end of the spring, the Blue Jays want to focus on who they're going to use, and we don't get to see Tiederman pitch until – earlier than uh, you know the minor league campaign but he was a guy i wanted to watch just because i haven't seen him and he's kind of a big topic of discussion and labor and first pitch whenever we all get together the the, the, the scout oriented people in the industry love this guy yeah absolutely and that is ricky tiedemann by the way yep uh real quick a quick word from our sponsor on the show uh, Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. Waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash rotowire fan tracks the home of fantasy sports uh i their player pool is absurd Todd. it's i haven't even heard about some most of these guys they're adding but if you're like a diehard dynasty player or like a you know a huge follower of the the prospect list at rotowire james anderson's list i mean they have every player you can imagine in that pool yeah, I, I do some work with and for Fantax. I use them for my expert, uh, my expert, my high high stakes leagues. I'm using them to run a uh, a Stratomatic rookie draft because I know how to, and this is no secret, but you can do it. You can actually download the exact player pool you want. You download, like you mentioned, 10,000 players in their database. You can then use some Excel tricks to narrow it down to just who you want to be drafted. Then you can upload that as your pool. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's kind of cool. We've used it for Tout Wars. Uh, g- good people, uh, good people over there at Fantrax. Glad they're sponsors. Absolutely, we appreciate their sponsorship, Fantrax, and they're not to be confused with Fanatics. So we, we hope your spring is off to a better start than Fanatics is. Uh, Todd, we got our draft positions for the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Where are you picking? You Probably know? at my desk. Probably sometimes on the road, but I am number. I am number four. I have a one point zero four, and you'll be getting your guy Kyle Tucker. Most yeah, likely. and I mean yes, I probably unless someone knows Zola wants Tucker, I'm taking him third. Good, take him third. 
I will probably taking probably you know taking Kyle Tucker. I won't catch as much flack as I did in the Earth League when Nerf League where I took him second, but I will I will probably be taking uh, Kyle Tucker in the four hole. All right, so I'm picking 12th, right ahead of Eric Halterman. What are the odds of that? Ah, it's kind of crazy. I got DVR in my draft. 12 and 13, uh, and I, I kind of like the pick. By the way, if you don't know, now you're going to know. Todd and I are the first two overall champions of the great fantasy baseball invitational. So I think it's time to bring back another overall title to Rotowire. What do you say, Todd? I agree. And, you know, the funny thing is James has been better than both of us in the mm-hmm. aggregate. Yeah, he's he just he hasn't taken it home yet. Yeah, uh, you know, he very well could. I had a bad TGFBI last year, just a terrible, terrible showing. So, I, I feel I, uh, you know, people joke and say what they want. I, this is my main event. Mm-hmm. I don't play the main event, I don't have had the fortune enough to be able to play it. I dabble in the lower stakes arena with, with the NFPC. This and Nerf, I, you know, there's no money involved while there's side pulls, but these are my main events. I care a lot about them. You know, I, I do too. It's a, mostly a pride thing, but it's something where you kind of can continue to chase certain milestones. I have two league titles. I want to add a third, and I, hey, who's to say I, one of us uh, can't become the first two-time overall champion? I don't know. Yep. It's a, it's a fun thing to – mostly for bragging rights, but also, um, you know, there's, there's a certain air of uh, – I don't know prestige when you win a overall title like that. There is, there absolutely is. You know, it's, it's uh, fun. So we'll see. I, mean, sure. I do have Dave Adler in my league. I think Ray Murphy. So it's it's not going to be. They're all tough. One. Everybody's writing. I have the League of Death. You know yeah. what? They're all tough, and They're so is every really NFBC. We're going to do the same when NFBC starts announcing many events. I can't. Every league at this point is tough. This, you know, then the people you don't know are just as good a player. You know, it's the same player pool. Right, I don't think you know we're we're defending. We're not defending. We're, we're champion. We don't have a different player pool because we won this thing. We're we're picking from the same players as everybody else. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Well, Todd, let's get into the main topic of discussion today: our targets. And I do want to emphasize that this is guys that we are targeting across multiple drafts. Guys that we like to build around. Uh, strategy ties into this a lot of times, and. I gotta say, I like picking twelfth in TGFBI because I think that gives me a pretty good chance to land one of my top targets. And it seems so easy because he's one of the best players. He's probably the greatest baseball player of all time, uh, Shohei <laughs> Otani. Um, I, I I'm top ten on him, and the rest of the Rotowire roundtable, you, Eric Halterman, Jeff, you know, you know, quite a bit lower. I don't want to say way lower because it is, you know, you're like in the twenties, I think 18 to 20 or so, but uh, I am about 10 spots higher than the rest on Otani. And it, it mostly comes down to the fact that, you know, I think he's going to be able to hit just fine. He's slated for his cactus league debut next week. As we know, the issue, I guess it was pre-surgery, but it, his hitting was not really affected last year. He's one of the all time greats. And uh, yeah, he doesn't, you won't be able to use him as a pitcher, but that was kind of something that was just the cherry on top in the past. I hadn't really been viewing him as a as a pitcher for a while anyway. And I, I think maybe the, the UT only is a bit overblown with him because, yeah, he doesn't have positional eligibility. But think about the guys that are going to be taken at the end by other teams to fill that UT spot. You're, you're going to have quite a 
you know, a lot better player in that spot. And, you know, it's one of 14 spots. It's, yeah, it kind of dings him a little bit, but not enough to push him out of the first round for me. So Otani, I took him in the first pitch Arizona speakers draft, and I'm going to be taking him here in TGFBI if I can. My issue, well, actually, I do have a performance issue with Otani in that yeah. it's not just Otani himself wasn't the power was not up to speed when he came back a couple of years ago from the same TJ, TGS, uh, Tommy John, uh, Bryce Harper last year. Now you can look on the underlying numbers and Harper was shortchanged some homers, but I think you have to account for somewhat of a slow start. More so for me, though, is I. I the Dodgers aren't going to need to play him every day. He's still rehabbing to throw next year. And the Dodgers aren't going to need him to play 158 games. I think he's going to get some days off maintenance to work on pitching and just to keep him fresh. You know, you usually make a mistake doing this. I mean, the Dodgers are just assuming they're in the playoffs right now and they're designing their whole season to be strong down the stretch. Often fair. That's fair. You know, often though, it's like you, you got to get there first. I mean, it's almost a foregone conclusion they will. But anyway, so that's my bigger concerns. I think performance-wise, he shall be fine, maybe a little bit of a slow start. But, I mean, 120, 130 games, and it's not like you, you're going to backfill him. He's going to be missing a game here and there, so you're not going to get somebody else in there. And that, that's my bigger concern. I'm not as concerned about UT. You almost have to purposely draft a team without – five multiple eligibility players to not have multiple eligibility mm. players. You almost have to like, that's my strategy. And if yeah. you know what, if, if they're falling because they don't have multiple eligibility, it's not a bad strategy, but you almost have to No, We got We got a, we got a comment in the, in the chat, Matt Gibson saying he can focus on hitting. No, he can't. He needs to focus on rehabbing to be a pitcher next year. You didn't, they didn't pay him all that money. They didn't defer all that money to uh, <laughs> to have him not pitch. Yeah, you make a lot of good points, and I can certainly see that side of things. The guy coming off that procedure, he may be a little hesitant, but again, probably the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. And you know, say what you will uh, about you know spring training videos, we joke a lot about those. I do, so I'm kind of uh, contradicting myself. But Otani's, you know, certainly not showing any hitches in his swing what I've seen in camp. And so you know, if he is able to make his Cactus League debut next week, I think he should be just fine. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to draft him, although I can certainly see why others uh, are passing on him. Another one of my top targets, Todd, Luis Castillo. Now, I have him. I'm the high man on him in the Rotowire roundtable. I think one spot ahead of Jeff. Uh let me see exactly where I have him now on my latest cheat sheet. Uh, 22nd. So I have him, you know, two spots ahead of, well, one spot ahead of Corbin Burns, two spots ahead of Gaussman, a couple spots ahead of Gallon. You know, I like Gallon a lot too, but I have since lowered him a little bit. Castillo, it's the fastball and the, the change. Both are great pitches. Sometimes he's had some issues with walks, but I think a lot of times when we look at Castillo, we have to remember that when we're looking at his past track record, a lot of that came in Cincinnati under the, uh, you know, in the bandbox park. And I don't know. I, I feel like he's finally come into himself as an ace. Great team context. And I really like Castillo as a guy. If, if you take a guy like Otani, 
first, you could pair him up with a guy like Castillo on the way back and have yourself a great start, in my opinion. Right. I think I, I, I'm trying to look it up. I have pitchers ranked a little bit later than the than the norm than than the rest of the crew in the roundtable. Uh, Jeff Erickson, Eric Carlton, yourself, and, my, and me. I think within the starting pitchers, I think I probably have them pretty close to where you have them within the starting pitchers. Uh, then in a draft, I have to adjust if I want a guy like him. The thing with Castillo, and you kind of alluded to it with Cincinnati, he's transitioned to being a fly ball pitcher. You can't be a fly ball pitcher in the Great American Ballpark. I think he was pitching to the ballpark and he wasn't using his skills. And now, you know, that, that, that better control and command more free to you know, use that use that four seamer along with the changeup. And I think, you know, don't have to induce as many ground balls and it's just showing it's improved his control. The, the even though he's giving up fly balls, they're being caught and he's durable and he misses bats and he yeah. doesn't have to worry about the narrative about pitching in the cold. You know, he's going to yeah, walk to the, the car. It's going to be cold when he gets out of the car. But by the time he gets into the into T-Mobile, it's going to be 72 yeah. degrees. So he should close the, the dome every yeah. time he pitches. And just yeah. If, if, pump the um, heat up. if I'm looking for a pitcher in the second or third round, he's on Kevin Gausman's going to be a little ahead of him for me. Mm-hmm. But he's he's depending upon where I am in the draft and the flow, I may be. So he's definitely I'm not going to call him a target, but he's definitely on my radar. Well, we'll get back to my list, but who would you say maybe it's a pitcher, maybe it's a tier of pitchers, maybe it's a specific hitter. Who would you say is one of your foundational targets in drafts this year? Okay, for the, so for the purpose of this podcast, I will not I'm not I don't have targets. All right, for the purpose of this podcast, I have targets. And um I know it for me there there to me it's more about these are players that I I know I'm ahead of the market. So I don't have to draft Castillo or Gosman because I'm probably going to be able to get Aranola or Logan Webb a little bit later. I think Webb is being woefully underdrafted. It's the strikeouts. Yeah, you're People, the Webb guy. Oh man, saying. don't call me a Webb guy because that uh that <laughs> I'm going through a website change. I'm not a Webb guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I think he's. I mean, I'm not saying he's the you know pick him in the third round, second round. But I think he's being woefully underdrafted, and it's because of the strikeouts. Those ratios are so strong that I will I will take my chance on Mitch Keller later, someone like that with maybe sketchy ratios who just signed a five year deal, by the way. Um, as opposed to, I believe people overpay for strikeouts in the NFC type environment. It used to be you Darvish. I think there are other examples now. I think we can call Tarek Skubal one that people are. They want those strikeouts. I want to get them early. Um, and I think Nola fits into that same realm. And I think Bailey Ober fits into that same realm. So in an auction, they are targets. Because you can, you know, you can target people in an auction. In a draft, you have to be ready. And people, Webb is starting to go a little bit earlier and a little bit earlier. So I can't play as much ADP chicken with Logan Webb as I could before, but um, yeah, I think, the, the, and it's, we've talked about it too. I I tend to like the high ratio, high inning. Maybe you don't have the great strikeout rate guys. I think there's a market inefficiency for those players. I think mm. you can get strikeouts later. I think you make a really good point on, on the strikeouts and 
that kind of ties into the guy that I was alluding to earlier, who kind of goes in in contrast to Tariq Skubal, and that's Bryce Miller of the Seattle Mariners. His strikeout rate, not exciting, 22.2% last year. But I love when a guy comes in with great control. They trust their stuff. Only a 4.8% walk rate with Bryce Miller. I was surprised to see. I'm like 40 spots ahead of anybody else on the round table on Miller. And I'm not saying it's because you guys, you know, you don't, you don't buy in because of the strikeouts, but it's, I feel like generally, you know, if he doesn't have the strikeouts, not interested. And I feel like with a guy like Miller, he provides a nice floor to start. And maybe there was some upside there. We were so caught up in looking at the red to green bars on baseball savant. And you know that does provide a nice little snapshot of a player, but it doesn't tell the whole story. And Bryce Miller's got some, you know, icy blue on his page, but, Introducing what I believe a splitter this year could yep. give him a, a, a leg up and something else to work with. He's really relying on the fastball, but he has pretty good velocity on the fastball for a starter. So he's kind of the guy who, you know, who's, who provides that floor that maybe some of those high end guys don't really provide. But he also has a sneaky ceiling, I think. Uh, Bryce Miller, I actually included him on my target list. I didn't because you did. Okay. Uh, he's, <laughs> I uh, in our in our slack it. in our slack chat. I I noted the Bryce Miller, uh, split finger a while ago. We we got the note up there now. Um, I read a piece. I I wish I remember. I wish I jotted down the name because it's important to give credit to where credit is due. There's there's a little bit of train of thought out there that this Miller split won't complement his arsenal as well as it would complement other arsenals. And it's I understand that's, say, but that's yeah. It, yeah. I mean, they gave some research and some, some um, information on that, but it is still player dependent. And it, it may, it gave me a little pause, but not enough to not draft him or uh two pitch pitcher. If we're adding this third pitch, I think that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you in that. Seattle, in general, their staff is allergic to walks. I think that's good. And if Mm -hmm. they can add that splitter, I am very much in the Bryce Miller uh, camp this season. Yeah, I really like what he can do and what he showed. Again, it's that ability to limit walks as a starting point. And he's he's only 25. Let's see what he can do to to build from there. I think when you have that core skill to – to uh, you know, limit base runners and, and not shoot yourself in the foot. Trust your stuff to fill up the zone. And also, one thing with him is, you know, the the fastball again. He relies on that heavily, but the slider, man, he does not leave sliders hanging. He threw right. 397 sliders last year, allowed two home runs on the slider. So when he throws that pitch, it is not hanging up in the zone. I love Great. that. Just so much to like there, and uh, definitely one of my top targets. Who else do you got on your list, Todd? Uh, I, well, I, I kind of alluded to Ober a little bit later. I, I guess I keep saying it, in that everywhere he's gone, all he's ever done is miss bats and not walk people. Doesn't quite get the credit that other higher prospects, maybe because he's so tall and the stuff isn't overpowering. But I just, I like him as my third or fourth starting pitcher, if at all possible. Um, the other, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it, maybe not players, but tiers. I think there's a tier of closers that is being devalued a little bit because 
maybe they're not going to get 35 to 40 saves. Maybe they're going to get 25 to 30. And if you get two of those guys, you get 50 to 55 saves, that puts you in the middle of the pack, and that's all you need nowadays. You don't need 90 to win the category or 70 to finish in the middle. And the guys I listed, uh, uh, Clay Holmes, Evan Phillips, Al- Albert Alzelay. Alzelay is still a question of whether he gets the job, but I, I, I'm I, playing chicken a little bit because these guys can get pushed up draft boards before I have a chance to get them, mm-hmm. in which case I'm looking at Robert Suarez and David Robertson, you know, and, and, and that group. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, and there's a possibility. All right, what was it? Uh, Dave Roberts said that Phillips will get the brunt of the saves. Yeah, the brunt. What does brunt mean? Does brunt I voted mean in your than... poll on Twitter, and I yeah. said more than 50%, but I yeah, didn't does, know. Does brunt mean more than half? Does it mean 75? Does it mean, you know, 85%? So it was somewhat of a tongue-in-cheek remark, but I was kind of curious. I'm in the 75% range, and that's fine. If, if he gets 25 to 30 saves, like I said, if I happen to get Clay Holmes, who I think has a better chance to be a 35 save guy than, say, Phillips, then I've got my 60 saves. I keep every time I do this thing, I add five more saves, but I've got my 50 to 60 saves and I'm in the middle of pack. And then I float in Chris Martin or someone else every few weeks because I don't have a good seven starter. And I, I, I end up with 10 points in saves without drafting a top closer, or I end up with three. And this time next year, I'm talking about how terrible I did in Nerf and TGFBI. We'll see. My best year playing fantasy baseball, the year I won TGFBI, and I'm pretty sure I had him in that league. I drafted Blake Trinan in like the 150 to 200 range. I think he was going that year. And I've been chasing that ever since. Yeah. Chasing that guy in that range is going to be like in a, a closer one, a top five closer who goes in that range. And I would love it to find that guy again this year. Maybe it's yeah, Alzale. I, I do like Clay Holmes. Um, but it's, you know, the guys, I, I like Robert Stevenson too. I know he's kind of yep, polarizing, yep, yep, but yep, yep. he can maybe be a guy like that. It's you know, hitting on that closer in the mid rounds is so big. It really can be key to, to winning a league. I mean, that's, those guys are real needle movers because that one category saves you know, you need to compete and get those standings points. And one guy, you know, unlike in the other categories, one guy can really move the needle. Yeah, the year I won it, I had Kirby Yates. Remember, he was coming off of an injury. And that, the discount was there. I was like, well, I don't have a closer. What the heck? I'll take Kirby. And then he, he saved 40 games, and I'm the smartest player in TGFBI for one year. It's just, you know, I, I didn't know it was going to happen, that sort of thing. But you never know. Matt um, Gibson in the chat mentioned Mason Miller, by the way. And Yuki Matsui, who got some love uh, yesterday with his performance. Yeah, yeah. I do kind of like Robert Suarez, though. Yeah, I, I think that's that's that situation is a little bit open. I think one of the another another closer that I think is being downgraded a little too much is Andres Munez. People love Matt Brash, but I think I Munez like has Munoz. an opportunity to take that job. The other another one that I'm taking late. Well, I know this one you know, we're off of our targets, but you can always talk closers. Will Smith is the guy in Kansas City, but I'm still not off James MacArthur, hmm. uh, especially to draft and hold where Smith could get traded. Um, I'm, uh, in that and, and speaking of which, both there, you know, smoke equals fire. A lot of times we've heard rumors of Class A, Emmanuel Class A, and, and and Kenley Jansen being moved. So I don't. I, I've been taking Scott Barlow and Chris Martin 
because you can use them anyway in a draft and hold. Mm-hmm. And if their guys get traded, now you've got maybe, although Boston, it could be Tanner Hauk, Garrett Whitford, who knows, you know, Garrett Willock, mm-hmm. uh, who knows. But um, I'll take Scott Barlow. What if Emmanuel Classe gets traded? Yeah, you mentioned Barlow last week, and I really like that. He's kind of becoming one of my la- my favorite, like, just what ifs because yeah, just so much buzz around Classe maybe being traded. There's got to be some smoke to that fire. So, um, yeah, Barlow is a really good call. And I know, uh, I know Barlow now against my will. I know that he wears long shorts under his baseball pants. He's one of those guys where when you first time you see him with that hair with that flow, it's like that's him. Uh, anyway, uh, Uncle Ted points out that Yates in Texas this year. You know what? I Leclerc is not in stone. David Robertson, yeah, Yates is is, is in that speculative bucket this year with Texas. Mm-hmm. It's weird. The closer of the World Series champions were were kind of po- were were fading, if you will. Mm-hmm. He pitched in the playoffs, pitched okay, but you know he, he could walk the winning run in as easy as he could strike out the side. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 
Victor in the chat mentioned Jose Alvarado. Another one? An interesting one there, too. Great stuff. Sometimes he has no idea where it's going. Well, that's the Phillies <laughs> kind of have amazing. A, that's their money ball is they, they see a market inefficiency yeah. of, of relievers with high walk rates. Mm-hmm. Kimbrell last year, who they know going to have, was with Baltimore. Uh, Oren Kirkering, if I'm mispronouncing that, is yeah, a, yeah. a popular. Orion Kirkering. Yeah, a popular dart. Uh, Domingos is still there. Sir Anthony Domingos is still there. There's a lot of closers or, or potential arms in the Philly pen for such a good team that you can go there as well. And again, Abner Uribe, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. I know you're, you're a Reds fan, but you you know close enough to the the Brewers organization to read things and hear things. They've quietly been very good at developing relievers, kind of off the scrap heap. Mm-hmm. And kind of going through some of their names, so it's I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion who's closing in Milwaukee right now. They've got a, a few people that can emerge without Hater there and take that job. Well, Devin Williams, but he's like Klaus. Yeah, I mean, I, you be... know what? I'm thinking if he's tra- yeah, sorry, yeah. no, yeah, no, 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 you guys got to read my mind. If no, they do trade Williams, who takes Ted over? Ted mentioned in the chat, Piamps and yeah, Abner yeah. Uribe. So there isn't a clear like next man up there. But both of those guys are interesting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Kirkering could be one of those guys where if he were to take the job, he's young, but, man, he's got great stuff. He could be a guy who, you know, if they were to hand him the reins or if he were to take the reins, he could he could really take off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get back now to uh, my targets here. Will Smith of the Dodgers. This one's kind of a cheapie because, yeah, we'd all love to have a top catcher, but I think Smith is the top catcher. And I'm willing to pay for it. I did in the first pitch Arizona speakers draft. I think he's the best hitting catcher right now. And I mentioned Otani. I love him. So, you know, maybe like with Smith, kind of as you alluded to, maybe they'll give him more days off than your other top catchers to try to preserve him for the postseason. But two catcher leagues, I want a guy like Smith, and I'm going to pay top dollar for him. You know, the other thing with Smith, it's kind of the opposite idea of what you just said. In that, if they do give Otani days off, yeah, that's true. Who's the DH? It's Will Smith. That's a good point. So if people are dropping Smith because they think he's going to lose DH time, and he may lose a little bit, then on your team, it's just you're getting those same at bats, but just who's getting them? Mm -hmm. That's just kind of an interesting way to. It's kind of a hedge, if you will. I'm with you. Although I actually have William. Contreras ranked up there. With, yeah, I mean, William, so I, mean, I think, beat yeah. him out in terms of earned value last season. Yeah, so if I am looking for a top catcher, I will let you take Adley Rutschman or whoever else, and I will I will get William Contreras. I have him. I mean, we're talking, if, if I give this guy five at-bats and take away five at-bats, they flip. It's that close. Uh, I just, I think William Contreras is, 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 is at this point. People are talking about the delta between William and Wilson Contreras is too big. I I disagree. I think that we're looking at Wilson Contreras' really ridiculous finish last year, and I think uh, I, I think there's a bigger difference than what people want to allude to between the Contreras brothers at this point. But mm-hmm. I'm with you too in that Captain's a little deeper, but the back end is still terrible. So I don't I don't know that I want you know I'm going to get two guys like ranked 13th and 14th. Well, so is everybody. So I don't I don't yeah. mind getting a top catcher and then waiting for my second. With me, it's kind of like we're t- using the word target. 
with me, it's not so much target. It's like, you know what? I don't, I don't like any the sixth round. I don't like anybody else here. Mm-hmm. I can get that guy in the seventh. I can get the, you know, I don't need a pitcher. All right, I'll take William Contreras. That's kind of the way it is with me. In the I haven't done that many drafts, but in the drafts I've done, it's I'm not taking Contreras in the sixth. It's like I don't like anybody. I'll take Contreras. Yeah, William Contreras is looking like a pretty special player, and yeah, he's kind of on the upswing, and William or Wilson is on the downswing. Um, I also think there could be more power to come with William Contreras. Great park. Yeah, maybe he could tap into a little bit more power, and that would push him up. But yeah, I. I like Adley Rutschman too, but I like Will Smith more straight up. So, yeah, maybe I jump Smith around. Uh, maybe after Rutschman goes, uh, I pull the trigger on Smith. I just love what he provides at that position. It's hard to get, you know, a lot of catchers give you something, but they drag elsewhere, like a, like a batting average risk, but it, with power, Wilson uh, Will well, Smith gives you everything you, except for steals. Are you concerned there's going to be no one on ahead of him to knock in? <laughs> yeah, that's a real concern with the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Will Smith is on my list. Who you got? Who's next up for you, Todd? I got uh, a player who I think I'm a little surprised that i a little higher on the market on is Evan Carter. Hmm. And it's not like I like Evan Carter. I think it's everybody else is a little weary. And the, the Rangers came out and said he's going to get a shot against lefties. And I don't know that that means he's going to hit lefties, but I mean, as an example, I had him. I did a an auction with the NFBC this week. The it's an, it's kind of a private league that that Greg and Tom and, and Jeff Stein play in, and I I've been in and out of it. Decided to jump back in this year mainly because I'm playing mixed out auction. I wanted to have a, an experience of doing an auction before mixed out to get used to the 15 team player field. Anyway, I had Carter Price at 21. The AAV was nine. I got him for twelve. So, and I find myself I find myself getting him in drafts as well. And it's not so much I love Carter. It's just whatever reason the market's a little down. Now he breaks projection systems because his his MLEs are so good. Maybe I'm just not calming him down as much as I should. I don't know. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Carter, another guy who you know we, we're kind of flipping roles here. I think this is the year to get Vlad. Hell yes. That's you know, I, that's music to my ears. Tom. Yeah. The, he last year was an air quote down year. He punished the ball, but he didn't get the results. Mm-hmm. I think he gets the result. I'd like him at the, um, I like him at the turn. If I'm taking second with Tucker or fourth, you know, I, I like looking at him at the, t- in the third round, knock on wood. But to me, he's in, he's in play at that two, three turn when you have one of the early picks, mm-hmm. I think he's due for a, it's not even so much due for a bounce back. If he does what he did last year, he's just going to get better numbers. Cause he was just shortchanged a bit. I think anyway, last year. Mm-hmm. So Vlad is someone in that group. And I think maybe we alluded to him. I don't remember if maybe I'm confusing him with a, a, another show I just did, but you know, for years took the, the old guy DH discount on David Ortiz and, and made a buck or two. Now it's JD Martinez. Yeah, where's he going to end up though? Um, Colorado. No, um, I don't oh, know. God, I nice. don't. I don't know. But it's not going to be as a right-handed pinch hitter. I don't no. think anyway. So he's going to sign somewhere. Yeah, I will take Martinez. And like I said, you almost have to purposely avoid multiple eligibility, and that's the downfall with locking someone like Martinez into your utility. But at the discount he's going, you can get him 18th, 19th, 20th round. 
I'll take it because if he, what are right, you know what guys? I'm going to retire. All right, I lost my 18th round pick, and I need to find a utility. I'll deal with that. I know it doesn't really make any sense, but could you imagine if JD signed on to be the Reds DH? How insane would that be? That a right-handed power hitter in that ballpark like that, like that short porch in left field. Yeah, I tried to uh, mute myself, and I think I messed up the. I think the we're thing. back. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I hit the wrong button because I had a siren going by. Right now, all right. I mean, I know you're, you're you're dreaming more than anything else because the Reds are looking to use the DH because they've got too many other players. Yeah, they got a lot of guys to rotate. But could you imagine? Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, I mean, that's what I was saying, tongue in cheek in Colorado. But I can see Colorado signing in with the with the hope of trading him. You know, there there are a couple of landing points. Toronto's still in play, perhaps for JD Martinez. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of places that are uh, that are in play. I mean, we're not going to hear Blake Snell signing with Colorado. Or, or Jordan Montgomery, but who knows if we hear, you know, one of these batters signing with Colorado, that would be interesting. And he still has, he, uh, Martinez showed last year that he's still, well, actually, you know what? I think Toronto may be out of the picture now with it, of ironic, not ironic, maybe coincidentally getting Justin Turner, but, and, uh, so we'll see where Martinez goes. Yeah. Just wishful thinking on my part, but you know, great American ballpark is so hitter friendly, but in particular it's, you know, for right-handed power, Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> If you ever go to that park, it's kind of hilarious how, you know, if you're sitting like on the the right field line, the left field seats just look so darn close, and it's so easy to lift the ball up over those left field seats. We'll see. Right. I mean, they have India who doesn't even have a spot. Um, probably unlikely. By the way, we had a question in the chat from Adam wondering you know, if I'd still be as inclined to go chase after Will Smith in a one catcher league. Uh, good question. And for me, it, it's no, you know, two catchers really boost those guys up and one catcher league, I'd be more inclined to wait, but you know, even you know, I'd still consider Will Smith. I just think one catcher league, typically I end up waiting. Yeah. I, it, do you find yourself in one catcher leagues generally seeing catchers go too high? No. However, no? I want to put this big addendum in there. If it's a head-to-head league, okay, I am more apt to try to get myself a top catcher because I now that. I, I yeah you now on a week on a matchup week-to-week basis, you've got the edge on almost every other unless you get you know Rushman or whatever, you've got the edge, and in a ten I'm thinking ten team twelve team league this is where this is more often than not the case uh, where you have one catcher, I, I feel I can. Make up the by taking such an early pick on a catcher, I can make up the difference on on one of the uh, whatever position is that I'm not getting the great player at because it's such a shallow league. I feel I can make it up. Whereas the way to get the advantage at catcher is drafting it. Mm-hmm. So we do it with ESPN. We we do an in-house head-to-head league to help us learn the player pool and loot strategies so we can make give better advice. Yeah, I'm all over. A top catcher, one of the top in the head to head league with one in the head to head in a rotisserie league. Give me the tenth one, and I hope it's my seventh ranked one. I see. Yeah, in a head to head, you're right. I think that makes it more appealing. I think generally, though, what I see anyway in some leagues is when I'm drafting a one catcher league, one catcher team. A lot of people, you know, in the draft room, they're looking at an ADP that reflects a two catcher league. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's something to to be wary of. The rule of thumb is in a one-catcher league, 
someone must have greeted me because they're coming to get me. The rule of thumb in a one catcher league is value the stats as is. Mm. Find an outfielder with similar stats, and that's where that's what you, there's no scarcity. He should be ranked according to his stats and don't get a bump due to the the scarcity at the position. So you know Will Smith's stats are not fourth round outfielder stats. There's sixth, seventh, or eighth round outfielder stats in a one catcher league. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt in the chat mentioned that Will Smith won't see. Well, he says any DH at bats anymore. He won't see but as I mean, many. That's well, yeah. He probably means as many, but well, no, I think he means any with Otani. <laughs> well, maybe Matt, not. Matt, but that, Matt, JD was there last year, so yeah, 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 right. But JD gets hurt a little bit, and the, the Otani is going to need maintenance days. And he's going to need days to pitch. Mm-hmm. He's yes. not going to. He's not going to bat 158 games. He is still. Re, he's not pitching. He's still rehabbing Tommy John surgery to pitch next year. That takes some work. It's not like you can just forget about it. He's not pitching, but he's still rehabbing from the pitching. Well, my last guy on the target list for me, my top five here, is a guy who's kind of similar to Bryce Miller in Brian Bayo. It's similar in that he doesn't miss a ton of bats. His strikeout rate even lower last year at 19.8%. But like Miller, you know, pretty good walk rates. Um, had some bumps in the road last year, but I thought overall, you know, after he kind of had a, a bit of a hiccup, am I remembering that right? He kind of went on a run. Yeah. A lot of projection systems have him for a whip over 1-4, which... He was one three four last year. You know, I don't expect him to be an asset in the category, but I also don't expect him to to hurt you as bad as a lot of these systems expect. Talk of the Red Sox maybe inking him to a long term deal. I don't know. Can you give me maybe some sobering thoughts on on Bayo? I, I don't see what's what's not to like here. No, I think aside from a the lot low K like. rate, obviously. Well, I, I if you when you watch him pitch, you think. He should be kind of like in Roadhouse. He should be bigger than that. He should be better than that. And they are yeah. tweaking. Red Sox are tweaking his repertoire. They have new pitching coach, Andrew Bailey. I know he's a reliever, but new pitching coach. And with the changeup, the outstanding changeup, I think he just needs to find the right sequencing to make mm. it all work. And I think we will see more strikeouts and fewer walks when when the the team and the club and the coaching staff figures out how to, Bayo should approach it because there's you know I don't I don't I sh- I should look up uh, on you know Saris's stuff in location plus metrics you know my intuition is the stuff plus is really good the location stuff not so much or location plus not so much um, but anyway I know like sinker ballers kind of out of vogue. But he, you know, with that pitch, he's able to keep the ball on the ground, and you know, really good ground ball rate. So, I don't know. I think, yeah, there could be if he tweaks some things, maybe adds, uh, you know, the the changeup is a good swing and miss pitch, but maybe one of the other secondary steps up as a as a good uh, swing and miss offering for him. I think he could be pretty strong. So he's only yep. twenty four. I, I will have to – I think I did lower him a little bit in my rankings because I realized, you know, as much as I like him, I'm not going to take him quite there. But I will like to add him as a mid-rotation staff to my fantasy team. Um, 
I know the Red Sox, you don't expect them to be very good this year, do you? No, no. The downside yeah. with Bayo is Fenway Park next to Rockies uh, Coors Field uh, inflates runs more than any other stadium. And you got some good offenses. So the point I'm getting is he's not the best streamer. You're kind yeah, of hoping. Tough division, really tough. Yeah, you're kind of hoping he figures it out and you don't want to stream him. He's just good enough to use. You don't have that safety valve of being able to stream him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, a lot of tough matchups in that division. Um, but, you know, like the like a guy like Luis Castillo, I guess it's a sinker changeup, but I really like like the fastball changeup guys, a guy who can pull the string. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a fastball changeup type of guy myself. I mean, I love the sweeper, everybody, the sweepers, all the Vogue, all the rage, but um, when you're able to throw a pretty good velocity fastball and then pull the string at a, at a golf of about you know nine to 10 miles per hour between those two pitches, uh, that gives you a nice foundation. Right. Right. I, you, I think you need a third pitch. So you just can't, Although sure. the idea, the, the thing with the tunneling of the fastball and changeup is, it's not like you can. The idea being, they look the same coming out, so you can't like spin on one and sit on the other because you can't distinguish them. So mm. that's not quite the thing. But I do think you need a third pitch with a bit of a wrinkle to be uh, to be the most successful from the starting rotation. And Bayo's yeah, got them in his repertoire. Just needs to again. It's more of a matter of sequencing than it is anything else. Well, tell Spencer Strider you need a third pitch. No, well, he's he, he did add the, the changeup. He's developing it. Yeah, but it's just you know a lot of these guys like Castillo. He's never really had a great third pitch. I mean, he has a slider that's pretty good, but it's not like he's he's mostly fastball slide or fastball changeup. So um, those are my guys. Even if you know the strikeouts lag behind right now, I'm not I'm not writing off Bryce Miller or Brian Bayo. Do you have any other guys on your list that? Uh, you find yourself drafting in multiple leagues? Um, no, not. I mean, I, I, one of the things I haven't done a ton of leagues yet, but there's guys like Josh Bell, who I'm comfortable as my late corner. If I, I don't force a guy earlier, because I like that. You know what? Josh I don't Bell's mind great. Josh Bell as my corner infield at that point. It's, it's, it's more about that. By the way, it uh, sounds like Kyle Manzardo is going to start a triple-A, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, well, we had that as a note, and that is a, is a bit of a bummer, but I think he will be up. That's I'm well, duh. I'm, duh. Mm. Let's take that out in, 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 uh, you know, when, we, when we edit this thing. The, anyway, but um, and it's, it's interesting. The Indians are being – the Guardians are being honest about it. And he was kind of a polar player when we were at first pitch Arizona in that there was some thought that he wasn't going to be able to get to his power because he's, he can't catch up to high heat. Um, that's something you can, that's something you can fix though. So maybe that's what they want him to do is fix it. Ryan Pepio got a shout out in the chat. I kind of like that because when the Rays target a guy. Oh, I agree there, I but know. it was mentioned as a top 10 starter. He may be a top 10 starter in a league made up of Miami and Tampa, but let's not get overboard. I know you like to lose a little hyperbole in these, in these chats, but he's not a top 10 overall starter. 
No, but he, not I a top 10 like AL him starter. as a flyer. For sure. He may be a top 10 AL East. I, you know what? If someone wants to say he's a top 10 AL East starter, I'm not going to dispute that. I don't think he's going to be. But he is definitely someone. He fits the mold of a streamer working in Tampa. Um, so I like Pepio a lot in draft and hold formats. Well, great stuff today, Todd. Thanks for sharing some of your top. I know you don't love to say targets, but <laughs> and you don't typically draft with targets in mind. But um, guys that you know, in an ideal scenario, you're you build a team around. Appreciate you sharing some of those, and we'll have a ton more to talk about in future weeks. We'll be giving away all our secrets. Uh, all Not our next favorite. week. Yeah, you're off next week, right? I am off. I am a. I will be in Florida for the Labor First Pitch, and I think I mentioned that this time I will be at a ball game. I will be at Fort Myers in the Twins' home park, watching the Red Sox play. But uh, yeah, not looking forward to uh, to a nice weekend in Florida with Labor First Pitch. As you know, they're a great time. Uh, knock Absolutely. on wood. We'll see you there at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll be back at some point. I, you know, First Pitch Florida is a little tough with the. Uh, New York trip also coming up. Right, exactly. Kind of tough, but yeah, I can't. I hope you have a great time and your replacement next week, TBD. I'll have to figure that out, but we'll be back. And then, yeah, Todd and I through most of uh, well, through all of March is next. Yeah, well, next Friday is March first, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to be talking with you throughout draft season. Thanks for all you guys coming out and hanging out in the chat. We had a lively chat today. So appreciate all you guys hanging out and hope you'll join us next week. Uh, me and a special guest on the Rotowire <laughs> Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Fantrax. <laughs>